Lord, by the clearness and the brightness of your holy word, may all the world come within your saving embrace. Pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, this past Tuesday was my birthday, um, which, that's great. It's good to have a birthday. Um, but um, when I was, I was growing up as a Baptist um, kid, my birthdays, um, sometimes proximity to Ash Wednesday really didn't make much of a difference. Um, but now that I'm an Anglican, having Ash Wednesday often um, close to my birthday, or I think it was uh, 11 years ago, my birthday itself was on Ash Wednesday, it's a bit of a downer. Um, <laughs> To have your birthday and then have someone say, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Um, so again, 11 years ago, it was my birthday itself. This year, it was just the day after. Um, but it did have a certain um, effect on me to have that, um, that kind of the first day of a new year, have that reminder of my, my mortality. Um, I looked online, and I'll have to be 108 until uh, my birthday falls again on, on Ash Wednesday, so... And by then, I will definitely know that I am dust, and to dust, to dust I shall return. Um, but it was. It was, it, was, it was a happy birthday, but it was unusual, an unusual character to have those two days um, close to each other. Maybe similarly, last year was um, uh, Valentine's Day was also. So, I love you, and you're going to die, um, was sort of the message last year. But it is, it's important for us to have a reminder of, mor- of mor- mortality um, that is part of the season of penitence. It's a penitential season in which we remember our sin, um, that the wages of sin is death, and that we are in need of a Savior. And so this is a particular season of 40 days, not counting Sundays, because Sundays are feast days where we remember the feast of, of, of Jesus and remember his resurrection, that during this time we turn from sin And we turn by repentance and by fasting, and we turn towards the Lord. We turn from those things that are of of the world that's passing away, and we turn towards those things that are eternal, turning towards holy appetites of God's word and sacraments, things that will sustain us um, through the wilderness until we come to to glory um, with our Lord. And we remember in this time, especially as we're remembering our mortality, that any glory that we have or any life that we have is in God's breath within us, the life and the breath that God gives us. And so this season of Lent is a reminder of our mortality, and Ash Wednesday in particular is a reminder of our mortality. But I was thinking about this as this week, that um, Ash Wednesday is also a reminder of our beginning. It reminds us of what we were formed from. Um, and as the Old Testament lesson from Genesis points out, we were formed from the earth. We are formed from dust, formed from dust by God. And by God's life, by God's breath, he breathed into that earth that he formed into a human, and we were made a living creature. We were formed from dust and made a living creature. And then humanity was commissioned to tend and to work the earth, so drawn from dust, drawn from earth, and then commissioned to, uh, to care for the earth, um, from the earth and then for the earth in some ways. And we know that that way of life needs to be one in which we are turning towards the one who gave us breath, turning towards our Father, as um, Psalm 51 spoke of uh, so eloquently, that we are sustained by God's Spirit, that we need to look to him for our life and our breath and desire that breath of life um, to live eternally. 
But we also have a promise of, of living eternally with that new set of lungs that we have in Jesus. For those who have died with Jesus, been buried with him in baptism, we're given new spiritual lungs that we can live by his spirit, um, walking and being manifesting eternal life even now, even as our body is decaying, we can, though we are, we are dust and to dust we shall return, dust is not ultimately our end. Dust is not the end for those who are in Christ. And so the gospel of good news that we will hear throughout this Lenten season is the good news of how God takes dust and then gives life to it, how he brings life from barren places, how he sustains people through the wilderness and, in fact, even gives them victory in the midst of the wilderness. We look in our Old Testament lesson of creation, the story of creation, how man uh, was formed from the ground and then formed to, to keep and to work the ground, to care for the earth. How Adam, who was formed of earth, was also in some way formed of heaven as, as heavenly breath was given to him. And how as man, humanity, as we were formed to work and to keep the earth, we are imitators of God's creative work, of how he takes earth and he makes something of it. So in our own creative work, in our own lives, we are imitators of God's creating work, keeping and tending the earth. Um, however literal or figurative that is, we are all in some way keeping and tending to the earth that we, that we live in. We're commissioned to work and to tend, to bring order and fruitfulness to this world. Yet as we see in our Old Testament lesson, as we see that story of the fall, instead, um, Adam and Eve... Uh, sin came through their disobedience into the world. They disobeyed God, taking what was created um, and um, holding it, um, diso- disobeying the, the Lord and taking something that was created and upholding it, desiring it more than the Creator who had given um, all things to them, even that they might eat from the tree of life. And so their story is a bit of dust to garden and then back to dust again, in which they work hard and that the earth, uh, we struggle against the earth, we sometimes struggle against each other, even as we are commissioned with that commission to work and to keep the earth. Because of sin, the story of creation has that arc of dust, garden, and then in some ways dust again. But Jesus comes and brings new creation, bringing eternal life to the mortality of the first creation, breathing life into our mortality again. Because Jesus was also from the dust of the earth, dust again that was breathed into, bringing heavenly life to earth. He was the word made flesh of heaven and earth, a new Adam, fully God and fully man. He was the man of heaven and earth whose righteousness brings eternal life to many, as Paul wrote in Romans. Satan, the enemy of our souls, would have us um, follow and um, believe the lies that were told to Adam and to Eve that have been told to so many before us that we ourselves have sometimes believed. He would have us remain in that mortality of dust, of dust that's just passing away or that can be blown away by the wind. Satan would tell us God doesn't give good gifts or he doesn't give you good gifts. Or that God is withholding something from you, that there's something better that you should desire and take for yourself. The tempter tempts us to believe the lies that our loneliness or our suffering or our poverty, the things that are scarce in our life, 
are signs that God doesn't love us or that God is far away. The tempter would have us stand or sit in judgment over God or have us imagine that we are equal to God, which is not too far of a step in believing you might be equal to God, but to believing that there is no God at all and that everyone might do everything according to what is right in their own eyes, that our judgment is, is divine or godlike, that we might just be able to do whatever we wish. But Jesus, the Son of God and the Son of Man, shows what it is to be of the earth and of the heaven and of the earth and for the earth, as Adam was a, a prefiguring Jesus. He's not taking life from the earth, not disobeying the Creator, but instead giving life to the earth. Not taking life, but giving life. And so in Satan's temptations, Jesus answers um, those distortions of creation. Um, he answers those uh, temptations to commit idolatry, those temptations to put God to the test with God's word, uh, only obeying the will of the Father. He, dis- he, dis- he doesn't listen to Satan when Satan asks him to have some sort of distorted act of creation, making bread from stones. He doesn't listen to Satan when Satan asks him to put God to the test by throwing himself down as some sort of act of, is God truly faithful? And he doesn't commit idolatry by bowing down to a created thing, to Satan, so that he might have, um, have power over the, in this world. Jesus, the Son of God and the Son of Man, shows what it is to be of the earth and for the earth and to be a man who is of both earth and of heaven. Jesus obeyed the will of the Father, demonstrating life even in the midst of the tremendous hunger of the wilderness, the great temptations that he experienced. Of that dusty wilderness, he still walked and lived as one who didn't look for bread alone but trusted in God's word to sustain him. And the Spirit was the one who led him to be tempted so that the righteousness of God might be shown in Jesus' obedience. The wilderness for Jesus wasn't a place of condemnation, a place that showed that he was outside of God's favor, but it was a place in which Jesus' righteousness would be so clearly displayed and made manifest. This Lenten season, um, many of our readings will have a similar theme of how God takes dust or he takes barren things and he gives them life. It emphasizes how God forms gardens from dusty earth through his people, bringing life from barren ground. We'll hear of how God makes a great nation from Abraham and Sarah when they were past those days in which they might bear children. We'll hear of how God sustained the Israelites in the wilderness when they hungered and they thirsted as they were coming out of Egypt. We'll hear of how God chose David, the king, um, not looking at the outward appearance, but looking um, at something deeper, of a deeper character, and anointing David king over his people. David, even though he was the youngest among his brothers. We'll hear of how Jesus gives sight to the blind, giving rest to others, um, creating and inviting others into Sabbath. And finally, of how Jesus calls the dead out of the grave, as he called his friend Lazarus out of the grave, prefiguring his own resurrection. Our Lenten discipleship groups um, during this season will likewise be places where we can walk together, providing opportunity for us to grow in that identity of what it is to be um, people of God and fellow disciples of Jesus. Finding ways to encourage one another, 
um, and to hold fast of the confession of hope that we have received in Jesus Christ and stirring one another up to continue in those love and good deeds that he's called us to, of how we can work and to keep the earth in the various places that we are and the various spheres that God has placed us. Being of the earth and of uh, and being of the earth and for of the earth has some obvious ecological um, responsibilities and some things that we can think of, but it's not purely a naturalistic responsibility, not one that's merely about what we consume or how we dispose of what we consume. God has given us charge to care for the natural world, but it has broader and bigger implications for us again of how we are to follow as imitators. Of, of, of a God who is very creative. How we, being created in the image of God, might ourselves create. We're created in God's image to create and make beauty in this world. We'll have opportunities within our worship services to show that beauty in the world through music, through visual art. And then as well in our own time as we are putting off certain things and putting on new things. Um, God walk, um, leading us into places where we might be priests of time and space in our own spheres, in our own personal lives, but also for others, that we would create space in which others would be attentive to God's presence, that we would not be people who are impatient or judgmental, um, uh, even though we might be fasting and um, those things might be um, uh, working on our own hungers. We find what it really is to live by uh, God's word and not by bread alone. During Lent, we do remember that we are dust, and to dust we shall return. But as I said, dust is not the ultimate end for any of us. It's not the final end for those who are in Christ. God knows our frailty. He remembers that we are dust. And in Jesus, he put aside all things, setting, um, taking on the form of us, of servants, taking on our human likeness humbling himself even to death, um, a death of truly being buried into the earth, even to that point of death on the cross. So God knows our frailty. He knows our weakness. And we remember our origin in the Garden of Eden. We remember our sin as those who are heirs of Adam and Eve, but we're not merely heirs of them, but heirs with Christ. Because there's another garden that comes to us as we come to the end of the season, the Garden of of the garden tomb from which Jesus rose again. And that tomb, that other garden, and that dust from which Jesus rose was a place in which Jesus rose again, which God raised him from the dead. God breathed life into dust and calls us to work and to keep his creation in newness of life. And Jesus is that firstborn um, from the dead that we can follow and that we will celebrate. We celebrate each Sunday, but we'll celebrate in a special way at Easter. And so remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return this Lenten season. But remember, too, that if the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells within you, that God, too, will raise you as he raised Christ Jesus from the dead and give life to your mortal bodies through that Spirit that he has breathed within you and that dwells within you. So especially over these 40 days, may the grace of God reign in you through righteousness bringing eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.